Hello, and welcome to the Writing Guys podcast, where we help writers get inside a guy's head by answering questions on how men think. Uh, I'm Lancy McCall, today's moderator, and our hosts are Michael Aspen and C.T. Andrews. Hello. All right, so today's listener question was really long and a little bit convoluted, so I've kind of retooled it a little bit. So let me ask what I think the person was asking. Uh, It's about on the topic of cheating, okay? What is considered cheating and what isn't? Like when you look at a pretty woman or when you talk about intimate things with a colleague, you know, where's the line, okay? Where, when does cheating start? And then the second part of the question is, what is the trigger that will make, that makes a man cheat or draw the line and say, no, I'm not going there. So we got a couple of things to explore around this topic. Huh. Interesting. All right. So CT, what are your thoughts about where the line is on where it becomes cheating? Where it becomes cheating? Yeah. Um, I think it becomes, I think it becomes cheating when you, when you're, when you are consciously aware of the fact that your objective is to get this person in bed. Um, and, and that can include anything from holding their hand in a movie theater to asking them, Hey, do you want to go out to, to, to dinner? You know, meet me at this particular restaurant. If you're consciously aware of the fact that, Hey, if this goes to the bedroom, I'm going to say yes then you're cheating as far as I'm concerned. Um, that's, that's with having 20 seconds to think about it. I'm sure. sure. Well, let's flip over to Michael and we'll come back around. <laughs> okay. I, I think you can define cheating as a version of a breach of trust. It's, it's, you have, you've got a, you've got a relationship and you've agreed on a set, a certain set of parameters and you've breached those parameters. Now, what is it gonna mean for everybody? I think varies slightly, right? Um, if, you're, if you're in a relationship where your other is fine with you being really flirtatious and even making overtly uh, you know, sexual comments to somebody, you haven't breached the trust. But if you're in a relationship where that is going too far, then you have, you have breached the trust. And I remember uh, we did actually talk about this once before, but it was in some prototype episodes that we were doing before we landed on the format we're doing now. And it was with a friend of ours um, who's a fantastic guy. If you ever get a chance to see him do any speaking, Hermes Solenzal, um, he lives a very different life than uh, than we do. Uh, <laughs> he, he is. I remember, uh, I remember that. I remember recording that with him. Yeah. That's the tester episode. Yeah, yeah. 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 Boy, I disagreed with every single point he made. And yeah. God loved him. But I think he probably disagreed with every single point we made too. Yeah, got- it was it was uh it was an interesting conversation. Hermes oh. Hermes is what he calls a um or I guess I guess he defines himself as polyamorous. Yeah. Meaning that in his world he is allowed to love and even have sexual relations with multiple partners, and his wife is too. 
you so, can kind of see now how that episode went without actually well, <laughs> what I mean. A little more, a little more fluid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. So, but his, his definition of a breach of trust was very different. Um, so for him, his wife cheating on him would be if she deviated from political ideology or if she had, um, if she broke a, a fiduciary trust of some kind, meaning like she, she like spent money on something really expensive that they didn't agree upon. Things that in modern America, in our society, as projected by television and movies, would be not nearly as big of a deal. But for him, those were things that were not necessarily relationship enders, but they were definitely things that were very difficult to overcome. Whereas his wife going and finding some guy that has a horse dick and having sex with him all weekend. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, go ahead. Have fun, honey. You know, so uh, so when it so I think it can be a very personal answer and and it does boil down to that breach of trust. Um, I know that I have felt betrayed by my wife when she, I'm, there are certain, as much as you may not believe it, considering I spew so much of my personal life in this particular show, uh, there are certain parts of my life that are very private and I really don't want to talk to family members or friends about them. I'm like, I don't like my writing, for example, I'll mention that I'm writing a book, but when they ask me what I'm, what my book is, I'm like, I don't really want to talk about it. Right. That's that's something that I want to publicize to my audience, but I don't want to tell you, the guy that I work with. Well, my wife will oftentimes mention details like that to other people. And to me, that's a breach of trust. That That is something that I feel like she's not, I mean, it's not cheating like she's having sex with somebody, but it definitely angers me and frustrates me and hurts me and makes me wonder how much I can trust her. And I think that's really the end result of anytime you're cheating, and, and we're going to use the cheating, but the reality is infidelity is a better word, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Fidelity can be everything from I'm, I'm being true to your sociological standpoint or your political standpoint or whatever. And when I'm being, if I'm being an infidel, I am going against it, right? So infidelity is, is breaking that trust in a myriad of areas. So in that case, infidelity about her sharing my story, that hurt. That was a, a pretty deep wound to me. And I was like, and I had to have that conversation. Like, don't do that. I don't want them knowing that, right? You and I can talk about it, or me and my writer friends can talk about it. But at a birthday party with all your cousins and stuff, shut the hell up. Right? Don't yeah. don't mention that. Well, one and, question is, um, was she aware that? Okay, I want to take that situation and caveat to it if if she or if let's say a a wife was not aware that her husband wanted that to be confidential information and she coughed it up that's different she wasn't aware and then you correct her and and that's the wrong way to that's the wrong way to put it you just let her know hey i don't know i'd appreciate it if we kept that under our hat right and then she went and did it now there's a problem but if that's the way i would look at that um you know. Well, yeah, but the, the reality is that sometimes infidelity can or because it's it's a sliding scale, right? Getting if, if you're to the point where like, I, I never loved you. I'm divorcing you. I'm going to go with this woman that I've been having sex with for the past six months and her and I are going to get married. That's pretty far down. The, that's pretty far down the scale. That's yeah. pretty, I mean, you've that's you're you're betraying a whole lot of trust there. The marital trust, the relationship trust, the, there's all that stuff. 
but there can be there can be other infidelities that are a lot less maybe you were at a party and you kissed somebody and then but you were drunk and then the next day you realized your mistake and you're like i'm never going to get drunk at a party again I may, I may not ever get drunk again because i know i can't trust myself but you still broke the trust you didn't necessarily do everything as bad as that first example so that's what i'm saying it's it's such a sliding scale yeah and different things can be the the example in that story was one where i had had conversations about there are lots of parts of my life that i don't want you to express to people necessarily check with me first before you go telling and and so she knew that there were a lot of areas like that and knew that that might be one of them and she still did it and but i it wasn't a you know when when we had the conversation i was like okay i don't know if you're aware or not but this is an area that falls into that category of don't talk to anybody about it unless you clear it with me first and she's like oh i'm sorry i didn't mean to i, re I really am sorry and we're okay but still it was a minor breach of our trust so it's it but because it's such a sliding scale it can vary by by person so much it's really tricky but i can tell you as a general rule, if you've got well-established rules with your partner and you know what considered a breach of trust and what's not, you know when you're getting close to violating the line. You know when you're, you know when you're getting there. And, um, and that, I think, is what we should focus on in this episode. It took me a long time to get there, but that's really what we should focus on is how do you know when you're at the line, what are some of the indicators, and what makes you decide to step over that? And what makes you decide not to? And we already covered one of them, ignorance of the line. If you don't know exactly where the line is and you cross it, how can you be held responsible until you know? And then after that, you should respect it. I so. actually have a story that you guys might like. Um, Bring it on. <clears throat> yeah, it was um, a colleague, a male colleague of mine. Uh, you know, we worked, um, our departments were tangential to each other. And occasionally we'd all go out for a drink after work because, you know, we live in a big city and you kind of, that's sometimes something that you do sometimes to wait for traffic to die down so you can actually get home faster. <laughs> um, so we would go for drinks occasionally and I never thought anything of it, right? We were going for drinks, see you when I get home to my husband, right? No big deal. Well, one day it just happened to be me and this colleague because the other people said, Oh, never mind, I can't, you know, and bail. So it was just us. And um, I think he had a little too much to drink, but at one point he leaned over and just started saying things to me that were out of the blue for me and completely inappropriate, right? And I was like, oh my God. And he saw my face and he's like, oh crap, I've stepped over a line. And I I asked, you know. Yeah, you did, but we're going to go from here. It's fine. And I asked him, I said, so at that time I was married and he was engaged to be married. And I said, why would you do that? I mean, you're engaged to be married. Why would you do that? And he flat out told me that um, he, his, his for, future wife <clears throat> fulfilled 95% of his needs and there was a 5% that he knew he was going to go elsewhere for. Mm. And I'm just like flabbergasted. Oh, what do you guys think about that? Oh, well, I think that the, I, I think about that the same way I think about the answer to the question. And that is, it comes down to character. Uh, I mean, that's basically 
what it comes down to is your your code of ethics that you live by the morality that you have adopted and the character that you that you display um this guy obviously had very low character um because he was willing to do that not only on his uh fiance but get you to do that on your husband as well and so i i think i think uh you know he people like this character is why we say words like piece of shit and you know stuff like that it's kind of a piece of shit right um so yeah i i, I think he was yeah i don't i think if you were to ask him the same question about cheating that you're asking michael and i you'd get a completely different answer i'm not and if you didn't get a different answer then he is truly a piece of shit because he believes in cheating and just doesn't care about it yeah you know so that's very very bad that's that's yeah that's a pretty terrible guy people people in general are pretty self-absorbed it's pretty difficult to to put yourself in other people's points of view um but this guy in particular is is showcasing a pretty advanced state of self-absorption because (laughs) um he's being very selfish there he's like i have this need and i will damage the relationships of multiple people in an effort to get it oh man seriously you're making a big wake there bud you need to you need to slow down because the reality is is those relationships the ones that you have with your fiance and hopefully future wife well maybe not maybe it's better if she didn't um and also the relationships with your co-workers and the relationships of those co-workers with their spouses those are all things that you're getting ready to damage just because 5% of your physical needs are not being met. Dude, go either find somebody more compatible or shut up and do it. You'll figure out a way around it. Right. Yeah. 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 It's pretty terrible, man. I, a, a similar story to that. I used to have a job in, in, in which I drove around in a van a lot. And, uh, uh, the guy that, uh, or the, 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 the van partner that I used to have, we would drive around together performing this, you know, job. And he was probably one of the most scurrilous pieces of shit I've ever known in my life. I mean, he was just a, he was just an unlikable, despicable person with terrible character. And I'll never forget one time we're talking and I'm stuck in the van with him all day, every day. So what, how, what am I supposed to do? Not talk. So we talk, right? And you're talking about relationships. And he was like, you know what, Nick, man? I'm sorry. Uh, you know what, CT? I, I, I'm not going to, when I get married, man, it's not going to be about love. I mean, it's not going to be about sex. I'm not, I'm not going to, it's not going to be about sex. Like I'll go, I'll go find sex somewhere else. It's going to be about love when I get married. So I'll be in love with my wife, but uh, I'll go find sex wherever I want. And if she gets angry with that, I'll be like, it, it's not about sex. It's about love with you. I'm always going to come back to you. And I'm just sitting there next to him, shaking my head going, man, you just don't understand that love and sex walk hand in hand. They're like puzzle pieces. They fit together. They're supposed to. And uh, yeah. And, and I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just never forget how confidently he was wrong. Well, <laughs> confidently well, wrong yeah, i gotta tell you hermes might hermes might disagree with you there bud on that one that sex <laughs> and love walk hand in hand and their puzzle pieces i would tell you something man love hermes to death man but when it comes to that episode i can't tell you how i'm shocked at how confidently he was wrong too 
just a follow-up follow-up tidbit um he did marry that lady and they did get divorced it didn't oh. last because oh. he, yeah he did cheat on her not with me okay, now, so, um, wait, so so his wife divorced him because ultimately i guess she found out that he was uh, a 95 slash five percent guy because he was stepping outside the marriage outside but the even marriage. more funny to me is that he obviously <laughs> did not know what she wouldn't agree with Hermes either, Michael. <laughs> yeah. So this guy, he obviously did not know me very well because we maintained our professional relationship because we continued to work together. And he kept trying to convince me that me and my husband needed to go out with him and his wife on a, cause they didn't know very many couples. And the thing he didn't know about me is that if I ever got in the room with his wife, I would totally tell her what happened. <laughs> cause I'm that woman girls stick together <laughs> hey man if, if, if he's a jackass you, you gotta cut him out man you gotta well, i'm derailing the conversation yeah, so i want to i want to kind of get back to the breach of trust part of the conversation so yes um there have been i think two times in my life where i was tempted beyond the beyond just well that's an attractive person right and in both cases both cases it was because there was a deeper connection than the physical so this is my experience and this is based on the breach of trust that would would be a marriage ender for us and, and i did not stray in either case so just to you know just to spoil the ending for you i've been faithful the whole time i've been married so um but so part of this question in the original format was talking about, you know, if you see an attractive person, is that enough to get you started? And the reality is for me, no, it is enough for me to start having fantasies about what that person would be like to be with. But that's not necessarily the beginning of cheating. That's just, I think almost every guy does that. You see an attractive person like, oh, wow, I'm now imagining what it would be like to be with them. And, and you can't necessarily stop that. It's, I should say, it's very difficult to stop that. That's not an easy thing to, to stop, pull out of your brain and shove aside. It's very hard uh, to get rid of that. But in both cases, um, these were people that I worked with. So I spent a lot of time with them, more time arguably than I spent at home just because I was working long hours in both cases. And in one case, I was working opposite shifts. So I was working a swing shift from like noon to nine. And my wife was working from seven to four. So every weekday, we only saw each other for an hour. And then we had our weekends. So I was spending more time at work with the, with the woman in the first instance than I was with my wife at home. And she made it clear in no uncertain terms that I was her type of guy, which I find incredibly crazy because I don't think I'm anybody's type of guy, but hey, whatever. She said that she was very attractive. She lived by herself and she said, I would love for you to come over and visit me on the weekends or at night after work. And um, she says, we can have so much fun together. And I, I didn't even think that at the time, because I was stupid, I was younger, a lot younger. I didn't even think that this could mean we could have sex, having fun. I thought it was, we could have fun together, hanging out with other people because I was that naively stupid. 
And I go to her house one night after work and it is just her and just me and a bottle of wine on the table. And my, and that's when it hit me. I'm like, Oh, Whoa, she's, she's now interested in more than what I was naively thinking she was interested in. And I, and the signs were all there. I was just too stupid to see them. And there's a part of me that said, my wife's never never going to know. My night, my wife would never know, but I still walked away. I was like, I'm sorry. I can't, I didn't realize, I'm sorry. I can't do this. And I, and I made my apologies and I left, but man, that was tough for like years afterward. I still worked with her for a little while after that. And we kept a pretty cordial relationship. I didn't try to you know, make her feel bad. Cause I mean, she, whatever, she's got her life. I'm not trying to make notes, but for years afterward, I was, there was that what if, right? Because what, what would have happened? Would that have been better than what I'm living now? You know, there's just so many of those things that ran through my mind. Did so you was ever tell your wife? Uh, no. Did you? No. no. No, I did not. Um, we, weren't, we weren't close enough with her where I felt like we, I wasn't close enough to this woman that I worked with that my wife even knew who she was. And what I, what I took, if I had done something, if, if something more than just me standing around in her foyer for a few minutes and then, and having that like long thought and then leaving, if anything more than that had happened, I would have told her, but this was, I was attracted to her. And of course I had had some of those fantasies running through my head, but I, I got, I got suckered into something because I was just too naive at the time. Yeah. yeah. Now the moral here. The moral was, you need to be smarter. <laughs> Michael, yeah. you need to wake the fuck up and understand what people are telling you. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's certainly the lesson. But I mean, in, in that you you never told your wife, uh, is there a moral here that should that would suggest you should have told her? Or oh, is that conversation so unnecessary that, from your wife's perspective, that you really don't have to have that conversation? So in this, in this case, I don't think I breached the trust. So I don't think it's necessary to have the conversation because, because I, I entertained it merely for a moment. Now, wait a minute. Okay. I have, I have a rebuttal to that. Mm, Sure. And what you said, and I agree with it, but, but at that point, it's not breaching the trust as far as you are concerned that even matters it's breaching the trust as far as your wife is concerned that matters sure so do you think so what's the moral there i don't would should you have told her or do you think she would be like i don't care i i get well i'll be honest with you if i told her she probably would be mad at her not me in that particular instance she probably would have been mad at her oh Uh, but I didn't, I didn't not tell her because I was worried she would go like start something. I did not tell her because I believed, and I was right in believing this, that I could keep this under control because I walked away and I, and I said to myself, I'm going to make sure I don't put myself in that situation again. Right. And I think I would tell her if whenever I walked out of that situation, if over the course of the next few weeks, I started entertaining the idea more and more and thinking boy you know how can i work this out started plotting to make it happen you talked about it early on in the episode ct figuring out well you know if i tell her that i gotta work late i could go over to her house if yeah, I tell her that i'm gonna you know or if i leave early i could get over there as soon as that starts to happen 
now I need to tell her because so as point, far as you were concerned, I'm, it was such I'm a active. non Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. So as far as you were concerned, it was such a non-event that it wasn't even worth bringing up. No, it was a it was a really big event, but I wasn't an active participant in the planning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She was it was all her doing the planning. And then I was I was when I realized what the plan was, I yeah. I stepped back. And I, if I had become an active participant in the planning, I think that's when I would have had to tell her yeah. or I should have told her, right? In, okay. in, the, in the case that I described, I went home that night and just told my husband, can you believe this guy? Can you believe this happened? And then we're like, you know, like CT, we're like, what a jackass. And then, yeah. there, and then that was it. That was the end of it. Now there have been other occasions where I've told my wife about occasions that have occurred. I've been on business trips where uh, people have made comments or something like that. And I will tell her, right. I will, I will come home and I go, yeah, she, she said something along that line, but because of the proximity to the actual danger, right. Um, the marriage ending danger, I didn't want to, cause, cause I, I realized that I needed to control my interaction with other people better. I said, this isn't something I want to worry her about because the reality is this was early in our marriage. We'd only been married two years at this point. And that kind of doubt can be enough to ruin a marriage if she's, if she's constantly worried. And so there was part of me that's like, I'm not going to tell her because not because I don't trust her, but because this is a fledgling marriage, this kind of thing can cause more, more problems than it fixes. And more importantly, I didn't want to hurt her. I didn't want yeah. her to think, you know, <clears throat> that that could have could have happened. Um, and so, but there have been now move on to episode two, which happened much later. I was in my 30s. First of all, first of all before we move on to episode yeah. two, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Michael. Um, so the next time an attractive single woman says, come over to my apartment so we can have some fun, what are you going to say? No. Or okay. can I bring my First, wife? It might it might make her that might be a mistake because then she might be like, oh yeah, I'm into that. In which case, <laughs> no. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. See, so, that's unexplored territory. The other yeah. one's explored. Yeah. Well, I, well, actually, no, my wife and I have had that conversation if she was interested into that. And I told her, I said, I'll be honest with you, that's an intimidating scenario for me. I don't, I don't know that I could be able to satisfy more than myself and my wife and now now there's a third person i'm like holy crap you know this i don't oh man well you might not have to do all the work in that situation uh, yeah i know but now the now the logistics are getting all crazy like do we need a bigger bed i got you know we can do this on the floor what do, what do the neighbors think? What if we don't have the blinds closed enough? I mean so, there's just too much uh oh to did we just uh -oh, did we lose him no I'm here can you yeah. hear me? Okay. Hello? You're kind Hello? of freezing up, Michael. Oh, no. This is, a, no, that sucks. All right. Well, let's, um, I'll hear that. I can do a quick test on my phone. One of the other questions uh, on tied to that question was, what is the trigger that makes a man cheat or decide yeah. not to? I don't know that we've gone into depth on that part. No, episode two was going to talk more about that. So, well, um, okay. okay. Um, let me okay. talk for just a second. Because I've got, if we're, if we're, if we're, rotating stories here this was this was uh this i think this answers this well 
all right, I'm a bad guy. Okay. <laughs> so the closest thing that I personally have ever come to cheating is in the story that you're about to hear, but it was just so spontaneous and so, uh, so unexpected that once I pulled back, I was like, Whoa, okay. Uh, let's look at this situation objectively. Um, but my, I was the girl I was dating at the time and had been for probably two years, three years, long-term relationship for me. Uh, her, her company threw a, a Christmas party and, uh, everyone was there and she was, and it, the company was a small privately owned company. So it was more of like, more like a family. Everyone knew everybody. This was a, uh, they were all friends, right? So her network being my network, I knew all of them by association because I'm her boyfriend, et cetera, et cetera. And we're out there, but I didn't know these people real well. And there was one, her boss's wife was this really, really good looking cougar type girl. And she got me out on the dance floor, you know, and everybody's drinking their champagne and popping the cork and everyone's having fun and we're all friends. And the next thing I know, this woman is eye locking me like staring me down and getting closer and closer and closer. And our bodies are kind of doing this on the dance floor. And then they start doing this on the dance floor. And the next, what was going through my head was this woman is making, making herself incredibly, unbelievably, unexpectedly available to me. I mean, she's all, there are, there's no red flags. I mean, there's no red light here at all. This light is 100% green. I'm not making it green. She's making it green. And so what was going through my head and, and, and ladies who are writing male, male characters cheating, this is what I'm, this is what goes through their heads in this situation. I'll bet you I could get away with just a kiss. I'll bet you anything I can do that. And then after that, let's see what happens afterwards. Uh, it wasn't that I was wanting to get her in bed. I didn't think that was realistic. Um, but it was definitely me wanting to push the physical threshold and allow whatever happens next to happen next and then decide whether I want to pull back or not. So it's about number one, her be making herself extremely available to me, me being attracted to her, the situation being vaguely private, um, and the question of how far will this go before I pull back? And so I kissed her on the dance floor. Big mistake, because as much as I thought my girlfriend and her husband were not around, they were around. <laughs> and, and so I immediately, I mean, it was, it was an embarrassing, uh, emotional, like the girl I was dating, you don't fuck with her, man. She should kick your ass. <laughs> and so she came over there and confronted me and the husband was there and he was trying to play it cool. And I ruined everything because of that. And I've never done it again, but uh, that's what goes to a cheating man's head is uh, attraction, availability. How far can it go? When will I peel back? Let's take the next step.
It almost sounds like you were in a, like an adventure game. Like, well, let's just see what happens if I knock this wall down. <laughs> it is very, very much an adventure game. If you want to put it in those terms, it, it's an adventure game where you never really know what's around the corner, but you're damn sure going to find out. Is the golden chest behind this door? Let's take my battle hammer and find out. Oh, uh, no, it's a horde of zombies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a husband. No. No. Yeah. Jealous so, husband okay, with a chainsaw. What about this scenario where, um, and, and I also would like, we're, we're kind of running out of time, but I also would like to know about flipping the script, like where you guys draw hard lines on what your women can do, right? Um, but like, what if, what, if a, what if a man is having intimate conversations with a colleague at work that are usually conversations you would be having with your wife. Is that cheating? You're not having sex. You're not getting physical, but you're talking about really private things. Is that cheating? Because I know it really depends on the relationship. I know that's the answer, but what do y'all think? So you, uh, you haven't let me tell a story too yet. Do you want to hear it or should I just not? Well, I was trying to watch the clock and the uh, the reality is episode times are malleable. So if uh, if you okay. guys want to hear the story, I'll tell it. If not, we can save it for another day. Let's hear it, man. It, if it answers the question, especially. Lock in your vote now. So, yeah. all right. So um, fast forward 15 or so years. Um, and now I'm working in a corporate environment, long hours again. Uh, my wife is also working longer hours, so I'm usually home before she is. Uh, she leaves earlier than I do. She gets home later than I do. And uh, I'm working with a woman that's slightly older than I am, but she is very physically attractive. She's one of those people that you just, for me anyway, it was like kind of caught my breath. I was like, oh, wow, wow, you're really attractive. And we started working together. We worked together for about three years. And... Not only was she very attractive, she was incredibly nice. She was one of those very nice people. So her physical appearance was not enough to begin to make me start chipping at the, at the thing. Being nice helped. When you're a nice person, that's, that's so much more. And like I've said in previous episodes, and I'll say it again, for me, the physical is only a part of what makes you attractive. The personality is a is as big of a piece of that you can make people you can take people that are moderately attractive and if they've got a terrible personality they'll become ugly and you take a moderately attractive person and have a great personality and they'll become gorgeous well this was a very attractive woman that had a great personality which made it very enjoyable to be around her and we were working together we ended up working with a third person and this guy was kind of prickly he was a little difficult to be around he was he was the quintessential IT guy in that he didn't like to talk very much. He had varied interests that were very odd and quirky that didn't really jive with anything. And I remember this woman telling me one time, she goes, I'm so glad you started working here. It's nice to work with somebody who likes to talk. And boy, did we ever. And we would go to lunch together and we would, we would hang out during office hours we worked on a lot of projects together we'd go sequester ourselves in a, in a conference room and work on projects together and we chatted a lot and we began we kind of flirted with each other lightly at first and this was a very 
long, slippery slope. This isn't something that happened over the course of a day or a week or a month. This was something that happened over the course of like 18 months. I realized, crap, I'm really finding myself having feelings for her, right? And this one I did tell my wife about, not because we cheated, we didn't. We, nothing, nothing physical happened other than hugs or handshakes. It was never anything where we went to a clandestine meeting or anything. But, but there, was a, there was a point where it, you kind of think of it like you're, you're climbing a mountain. There's a point where you, you don't realize how much exertion you've been putting into it. And all of a sudden you stop and you turn around and you look and wow, I've come really far. Same thing here, only it was the slope going the other direction. You didn't realize it until one day you kind of lift your head up and look back. You're like, wow, how did I get in this hole? I didn't realize I was so far in it. And it was, it was a real close thing. My wife and I were going through some problems at the time. We, weren't def we definitely weren't nearly as close as we are now. Um, and there was a, a period there where we just weren't having sex together. And uh, it was basically, I was flying solo there for a little while and it happened to coincide with this moment. And boy, it was real. And we didn't have kids yet. There was very few complications. It was very difficult to stand up and say, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to go any further because it was a very comfortable, loving wonderful place to be when a very attractive person is giving you the cues that she's unhappy with her marriage. I wasn't happy with mine. We were, we were very, we worked very well together. We had great conversations. We flirted with each other very well. We had similar interests. We had similar sense of humor and it just, it just progressed as literally, if you're just two people to get to know each other, it progressed down that line and boy, it, it got close. I think I think if I had not pulled back, um, we probably would have started a physical relationship within probably a month or two. I mean, we were, we were really close. Um, we, I think we were both starting to entertain the idea of how can we make this work, right? Where can we find holes in our schedule? And whenever I realized that that was happening, that's when I kind of stepped back. I'm like, holy shit, this is, this is way different than what I had been telling myself it was. And there's where the problem was. I was lying to myself. I was telling myself, she's a really close work friend and it had become way more than that. And I kept yeah. telling myself, that's what it was. And yeah. I told her, I told my wife, I said, I said, things progressed further with her than I thought they would. We've started to have feelings, but we're backing off of it. And if anything changes, I'll let you know. And she goes, well, I don't like her. And I'm like, yeah, I know I get it. I, know. <laughs> I understand, but this was my fault too. And it was our fault because the reality is, is her and I, my wife and I, we're having problems and we weren't addressing them. And I said, the, the fix to this is I will make the pledge to you that I'm going to back off and I'm going to be true to us, but you need to also put in the effort and let's fix us. And we went through a period there where we fixed us and that really helped. But man, I tell you, that was, that was, just, that was a lot closer than the walking in the room with the wine on the table because there was such a deep emotional connection to this woman yeah. and it had been developing for such a long time. Yeah. So again, it was the, the line for me, when I started to plan, that's when I realized I need to step away. I got to walk away or yeah. I need to divorce my wife. One or the other. <laughs> yeah. One or the other. Yeah. The, the, it seems to me like the worst thing you can start doing at that point is looking at your wife objectively. 
because now you can, you can say things like, well, she might not be as funny as she, she is, or she might not be as beautiful as she is or whatever. And whereas looking at her subjectively, you start to see her for her with your, you know, with that connection to right. you. So. And then yeah. on top of that, when you live with somebody for years, you learn all the goods and the bads. You know, when you're just seeing somebody at work for a period of time every day, it's very easy. And especially when it's in those early stages of any relationship, it's very easy to look at everything with rose colored glasses. You're only seeing and only putting forward the best parts of yourself. The, the bad parts you don't get to see until later, right? That's part of the long-term relationship is you see both the good and the bad of the person you're with and you learn to accept the bad and the good yeah. and live with it. And that's the, when you're in a new relationship, you don't see very much of the bad yet. It makes it seem like it's going to be better than what you had before when in reality it's probably not, it's just going to be a different set of bad. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so that's, that was the, so the, so what's the, what's the trigger in this case, it was a deeper emotional connection. And then what's, what is it that keeps you from doing it? It's character. It really is. I knew I was getting ready to breach or I was in the process of figuring out how to breach our trust. And that was a breach of trust in and of itself. And it, and it needed to happen, right? I needed to have that conversation. And the reality is, is that as bad as that all was, that was the impetus that solved a lot of the, we, there was a distinct turning point in our marriage at that point. Things got a lot better very fast. Like within six months, we were much better off than we were for years prior to that. And, you need a wake up call. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I guess that's the case here. So, yeah. Yeah. Now I suppose to answer the question uh, with intimate conversations, if you're having intimate conversations with somebody else, is it cheating? Um, that's, that has to be taken on a case-by-case -case basis. Like if you're having an intimate conversation with a girl that you are friends with at work because you want her advice on how to handle certain situations in your own marriage, mm -hmm. that's not cheating. That's, that, that is confiding in a friend. Um, if you're sitting in a bar and you're having intimate conversations with another woman over drinks where you're sitting elbow to elbow, almost nose to nose, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, sharing intimate relations, you know, intimate uh, secrets. Yeah, I would say that's cheating. I wouldn't want my wife doing that with another dude, you know, if, if you know, especially if she feels like if my husband found out about this. Yeah. you wouldn't like it yeah you're cheating yeah. that's cheating as far as i'm concerned so then, like if there's a guilt factor there's your sign yeah it, yeah that's, that's yeah. one of the good indicators yeah that's one of the good indicators again it takes character though to have guilt that's but true if you have character and you feel <laughs> like a little guilty about it or doubtful you're probably stepping beyond the boundaries yeah because you no know, i'm not hermes <laughs> i'm just thinking i need to write a book with this dude from my past in it he needs to be one of my characters <laughs> yeah absolutely right what you know i think also one of the lessons i learned from that experience with my coworker, this the episode two was you can quash guilt you can quash guilt with that excitement the the excitement of being around this other person can quash guilt i think another really good indicator besides guilt is if you're hiding it, 
Mm-hmm. If you find yourself in a situation where you're evasive about the conversations, like whenever my wife would ask me how was work today, and I would on purpose try to work the conversation or my answer around so I didn't talk about how great it was hanging out with my coworker for four hours in a conference room, or I would start to hide the fact that I was tra- talking to her. Like yeah. I would, like if I was trying to move my text messages to her to another app that my wife wouldn't check or something like that. Mm-hmm. These are all things. If you're starting to hide it, you're heading the wrong way. Yeah, that's, definitely that's heading the wrong way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> even, even if you're just concealing it by omission, it can still be uh, heading the wrong way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you ever, ever, ever give another man a blowjob, I'm done. I'm out. I'm out of this one. I'm risking again. So yeah, let's. So one of the things you wanted to you asked us what we consider infidelity on in our spouses. Um, I think I think if my wife developed the same emotional connection that I had developed with my coworker in in episode two, that would definitely constitute a beginning of that breach of trust, and it would definitely shake me. And I think it, sh- it shook her whenever I told her. So that definitely is something that would make us both uncomfortable. And we'd start to have questions about, you know, is this, is this right? Um, but I, I can tell you that uh, one, of the, one of the biggies is any kind of inappropriate sexual interaction, physical interaction is going to be almost impossible for me to overcome. And I would, I would go as far as to say it's impossible. There, there is no recovery. Even if it didn't mean anything, that yeah. doesn't matter. Irrelevant. I think that it's like the worst thing you can say. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the worst thing you can say because it makes it even worse. Yeah. You know, that, it didn't mean anything that you were so casual about it. Right. Yeah. So it didn't mean anything with them. That means it didn't mean anything with me, which means I don't mean anything. So therefore, you know, that's kind of where I would yeah. lead that. But yeah, that's, that's so insurmountable that um, just the thought of it makes my gut clench. Just, you know, I, the idea that she, even, even just a kiss, not a kiss on the cheek, but I mean, like if she were to, if she were to passionately kiss somebody else, I'd be like, yeah, we're probably done. Right. But, um, that's a rule that I'm a rule that both her and I agree upon. That's a boundary that we both agree upon. We both are in that same boat. If I were to have kissed my coworker, it probably would have spelled the end of our marriage. Right. In either of those is either of those instances. And then, of course, if you go all the way to doing everything with them, uh, you know, you just you're just further along that scale. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Boy, that was um, that topic was there were a, a lot of things to mine. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we could probably yeah. go on talking all night about it. There's just so many avenues. So we might need to chalk up another show on it. Oh, actually, no, I've kind of, I've kind of exhausted all the stuff I wanted to say. I'm like, yeah, you guys go talk about it. I'll sit back and ask (laughs) for you with questions for a change. All right. Well, let's wrap it up then. Cause we've, there's a lot of material there we covered. All right. All right. So we're going to conclude, excuse me. We're going to conclude this episode of writing guys. If you have a question that you would like answered about how men think visit writingguys.net and click the button to ask us a question. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the Writing Guys podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Yeah.